just could sit there, sit there and listen to it for ages. But that team, team do a beautiful job leading us in worship. I just want yeah, you know what thank you, thank you, thank you, get him really early. Yeah, yeah. And they, and they don't just rehearse. rehearse. They come in and they're worshiping together, and they're praying, and they're praying together, and they're praying over the service, and they're like, it's it's exactly exactly what that song's talking about. It's not about the song. You know, they, you know they, they'll, they'll be they'll be doing something. We're not even. I'm thinking, are we doing that song? We're just, just worshiping. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Go, go. You know, it's not just rehearsal. It's just and so that's why our worship is so anointing because it's worship. It's not, it's not a performance. And, um, and um, it's beautiful. beautiful. Oh, I forgot, I forgot the song again. again. Kids, kids. Mom's done this for a second. In your bags, bags hard, 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 stickers, stickers, things, things, so you can make it on my birthday card. A mother's day, wow, wow. Joe is Joe is talking. Okay, so you have to listen to Joe. But enjoy making a mother's day card. Okay, okay. How sweet, sweet. Actually, actually, actually so we made mum. Because it was mum's birthday yesterday, so they had their birthday. Eight, eight, five, 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 Let's pray, Let's pray, Father God, Father God, God so much, so much for this. I thank you for thank your, you word. your word. And Father, I pray, I pray that you will just be through me this, this morning. morning. That you and will you speak to each and every one of us. Just the just riches of your word. I'm constantly amazed by the depth and the richness of your word. And your word does say that it's alive and powerful and it is and it speaks to us. And so Father, I pray that you will anoint your word this morning, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So a mother's love, we're talking about Mother's Day, so guys don't tune out because you all have mothers, right, in case you didn't know, just putting it out there, are we recording this, there, there, that's tweetable right there, something you've learned this morning, but you know, and so, but, but, so we're talking to the mums, we're talking about motherhood and about womanhood and all that this morning because that's, you know, what today's kind of about. But doesn't mean you guys get to tune out because God's word is amazing and I'm actually really, I, I hope I can do it justice this morning. But Holy Spirit can, so, so let's ask him to do it because he'll do it better than I can. But a mother's love is an amazing thing and I, the words don't do that justice even. See, it's not something that happens by chance, a mother's love. It's not something we decide to do. Nellie, did you give birth to Stevie and then decide that you would love her? Or did you just naturally love her? Exactly. You don't go, oh, well. Actually, I remember when I was pregnant with Daniel, and I wasn't one of those really clucky kind of people. You know how some women just cluck over, over babies all the time? And I, I wasn't one of those kinds of people. And I think all my work colleagues were getting a bit concerned about this poor child that I was carrying. You know, that, you know, would she actually love this child? Like, you know, because she doesn't seem to like any of the others, you know. Anyway, but I said, oh, well, I'm sure I'll love it when it comes, you know. And I did. You know what I mean? I didn't decide. It, 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 I wrote this down. This, this is tweetable, this one here. Something is born in us when someone is born from us. Did I write that or did someone else write that? Did I pinch it? 
did I plagiarise it? I think I wrote it. It was just, but something is, something, something miraculous happens that places this incredible, deep, sacrificial love in us for this, this beautiful baby. It's not a decision that we make. It's not, you know, oh, wow, that's not chance. It, it's God places in us what we need to impart to this child, to nurture this child, to provide for this child, to love this child unconditionally because we're going to need some unconditional love over the years, are we not? It's just, it amazes me. And then it amazed me even more because I, then I realised how much I loved Daniel, like my little baby, because he was the only one I had. And for all those kids, yes, he did used to be a little baby, right? And then I got pregnant with my second one, as many of you would testify to. I was a bit worried because I thought, oh my, how can I possibly love someone else as much as I love this one? And I was, I was actually really concerned. How am I going to be able to divide my love between these two babies until I had my second child? Isn't it amazing? And somehow my love just multiplied. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it would be possible to love someone else as much as I loved my first. But God doesn't divide our love. He multiplies it. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's amazing when you experience it. And it made me realise how it gives us a glimpse into the heart of God. Because he loves every single one of us equally. It's not divided. His love is not divided amongst us. He loves you fully and completely and wholly and unconditionally. And he loves you fully and completely and wholly and unconditionally. He, his love is not divided amongst all the population of the earth. He, his love is complete for you. So today I want to remind us that God gave his one and only son into, like this is a, an important person, Can, is that the understatement of the millennium, right? The God's one and only son he gave into the care of an imperfect human, a mother. He knew she was not perfect, but he chose her and he knew he would place in her the same as he does for us, everything she needed to raise his son on this earth. That amazes me. So today, of course, what would Mother's Day be without a little bit of Proverbs 31? <laughs> I love, love to hate Proverbs 31, right? <laughs> but before we get to Proverbs 31, okay, so the book of Proverbs in the Bible is this whole book devoted to wise sayings. Right, devoted to wisdom and impartation. I'm going to read the opening words of the book of Proverbs because it tells us, in case we didn't already know, because we didn't already know, but anyway, God actually chooses to write down the purpose of that book for us. That's how it opens. It actually says, um, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For 
gaining wisdom and instruction for understanding words of insight. So he's telling us what it's for. I'm giving you this book so you will gain wisdom and instruction. You will understand words of insight for receiving instruction in prudent behaviour, for doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. In other words, you never know it all. That's God's nice way of saying, don't be a know-it-all because you don't, right? And let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So he's actually telling us, so this is what this book is for, right? And then the wise sayings commence in verse 8 after he's told us what it's for, and the very first wise saying is, listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Don't ignore your mum. Listen to what she's got to say. That's how Proverbs starts. And then we go through the whole book of Proverbs, all of this wisdom, and then it rounds off with the words of a mother to her son. So the whole, this one book that God chose to give us on wisdom starts with, listen to your mum, and finishes with, this is what your mum's got to say. I think that's amazing. And I'm not just pulling it out because it's Mother's Day. It's like, oh, because I knew that probably was finished with, okay, this is what you're looking for. Son, I know you're the king, but I'm still your mum, and I'm telling you what you're looking for in a woman is basically the end of Proverbs, right? But I didn't realise that it actually started with, son, listen to your mum. I love it. Anyway, so this book um, closes, as I said, with a, with a mother's teaching on womanhood, right? Now, I've, I'm going to base today's message on this beautiful book. Oh, if you can get your hands on one of these women, you really need to. It's called Letters to a Lady, and it's by Philip Baker. And um, uh, it's, it's beautifully presented. You can come and have a flick through it. It's just it's just lovely in every way, in what it's got to say, the way it's presented. But basically, um, what it's done is it's explained that, as you know, we miss a lot of the Bible, not a lot, because of our English translation and because of our English language. And some of the words we use, we don't get the depth of, of understanding and knowledge that was in the original text. Now, this Proverbs 31, verses 10 through to 31, that's 22 verses, inclusive, right? And more than, yes, it's a great script in itself, but it's also an acrostic, a Hebrew acrostic. It's the Hebrew alphabet, right? 22 verses because the Hebrew alphabet has 22 letters, not 26 like ours, right? So it's actually, and it's more than that. So it's actually, here is what you're looking for in a virtuous woman, written in an acrostic. As the author writes, if I arrange 20, so let's say it's 26 because we're talking the English language. If I arrange 26 vegetables in alphabetical order, you're going to remember them more easily than if I just put 26 random vegetables out, right? You're going to remember um, you know, avocado, I was going to say banana, that's fruits and vegetables then. You know what I mean? You'd remember them. And that's why God chose to write this in an acrostic, 
In his word, in the Bible, God chose, let's put this in an acrostic so they can remember it. All the, you know, the values and characteristics of a virtuous woman. So not only that, not only is it an acrostic, not ABC, right, right through, but each symbol, each Hebrew letter is also a picture, right? And now they've morphed and changed over the years. We're going to put them up eventually. Um, and some of them go, oh, yeah, I can see that. And some of them go, yeah, you reckon? Because it's changed. But, but in the original, right, it was a picture of something and that something that it was a picture of also speaks to uh, the meaning of that verse. Like, it's amazing. It, the depth, it's just astounding. So we're going to go through those. I'm going to have to go through it pretty quickly because there's 22 of them. And uh, so some I'll speak to a little bit more than others. But, but let's start so you'll, you'll get what I mean. So we've got the first letter, which is Aleph. Okay? And I'm going to try and pronounce them correctly, but anyone listening or uh, any Hebrew scholars, forgive me. But Aleph is a picture of an oxen ploughing a field. Yeah, I know. I should, have, I should have had a competition. Anyone guess what this one is? But, but in, in the original, it's a picture of an oxen ploughing a field. And oxen um, speak of strength. Now, young people, this does not mean you can call your mother a cow. You, nah, that is disrespectful. I'm telling you why it's a picture of an oxen, because it speaks of strength. Oxen can carry heavy loads. Remember, it's talking about the values and characteristics of a virtuous woman. can carry a heavy load, right? It can, it can take a heavy burden. As this is an oxen, it has strength and it has value. In the uh, Hebrew sacrificial system, the wealthy people, they had to sacrifice an oxen. The, the less wealthy people, you know, a sheep or a goat, um, and the, the less wealthy people, um, you know, a, a turtle dove or something. But the, the wealthy people, so if you were to give, if you could afford it, you were called to give an oxen. It was the most valuable. So this verse that says, a good woman is hard to find, her worth is far more than diamonds or far more than rubies, depending on which translation, it's talking of this high value, which is why the picture is of an oxen ploughing a field, something very valuable carrying a heavy load. It's amazing. Um, so I'll move on to the second one, bet. is a picture of a house. Okay, it's a picture of a house. Or more, the better translation uh, is like household or home in our language. Picture of a home. Okay, and the verse is, her husband can trust her, she will greatly enrich his life. So she's got the ability to turn a house into a home, is what this is speaking of. And it, in the book, it speaks of this wonderful illustration. It says, a six-year-old boy was on the phone to someone, right? So there's a six-year-old boy, and he says, mum's in hospital, and the twins, and Roxy, and Billy, and Sally, and the dog, and me, and dad are home all alone. <laughs> Doesn't that speak of the value of mother? We're all alone, all of us, because mum's in hospital. Right? I just love it. So she has the ability to turn a house into a home. Then the next one is almost, looks like, is gimel. And it's a picture of a camel, right? Believe it or not. Why is it a picture of a camel? Because in the context, you've got to think about it in the context. In that era, wow, camels were indispensable. 
absolutely indispensable. Okay, they were incredibly reliable. Now, is this speaking on motherhood? Incredibly reliable. As the author says, when everyone and everything else was dying of thirst and stumbling around exhausted, the camel just kept plodding on. Yeah? Yeah, I know. You're going, yep. That's so true. I'm going to read a little excerpt, just one paragraph, right? It's a brilliant book. It says here, you see, the whole concept that the woman is a weaker vessel is a myth. Now, this is written by a man, so don't think I'm getting all feminist on you, right? The point is, so I'll start again. You see, the whole concept that a woman is a weaker vessel is a myth. The point is they are not, as in not weaker, right? It's just that we guys um, have to treat them as if they were. The truth is they live longer, deal with anxiety better, and have babies. In comparison to that, Rambo's a sissy. <laughs> hey? People think Rambo's tough. We have babies. Anyway. Uh, so the fourth one, Dalet, is the picture of an open door. You can see that one, right? Picture of an open door. And it speaks of her attitude. Right? The verse reads, she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. The key word there is eager. Yes, she's busy, but she's happy to be busy. She's eager. She's working eagerly. Happily, contentedly, right? She chooses to be industrious and is serving her family with joy. Yeah, you know, the saying goes, you know, someone can be you can be miserable in a mansion or happy in a hut. It all depends on your attitude. And you know what? That is so borne out by the suicide rate among the rich and famous. And I'm not saying wealth is bad, but I'm saying it's not as you, you can be, you know. Miserable in a mansion or happy in a hut. It's your attitude. Your attitude to life is everything. Do you realise that mothers have the power to change the world? We actually do. Because the future lives with us. The future of the world lives under our roofs and under our influence. You realise that? We, we, we tend to just get so caught up in the day-to-day that we forget. And I started thinking about all the amazing Bible characters, right? And you know, every one of them had a mother. And I know that sounds obvious, but how, like, we don't get to hear a lot about all their mothers. There are some mothers, that, and I didn't have time to go through them all today. But I think of Moses' mum. Now, I know she, he was raised um, by Pharaoh's daughter, but there were those formative years where he was still nursed by his birth mother. But when you think about it, Aaron was the first high priest. Miriam, which was Moses's brother, right? Miriam, Moses' sister, was a prophetess. So their mother raised them to become these amazing people. What about the mother that raised Joshua and Caleb? And Daniel, and you think of that, you know, Joseph and any other character of these men was formed through their youth. And I know God, you know, but, but these mums had to teach them to follow God and to listen to God. So, you know, as I said, the future lives under our roofs and under our influence. So we move on to the next one. We've got hay. 
And this is a picture of a window. There you go, you can see, that's that a window? Yeah. A window enables us to see beyond ourselves. And that's what this is talking about. It speaks of our perspective in life, very similar to the previous one. There's a saying, we don't th see things as we are. No, 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 sorry. We don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. And that is so true. We see things through our lens. So this window that allows you to see things beyond yourself is talking about your perspective, right? And how you see, um, how you see the world. This verse is, she's like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. So do your kids go out into the world? So she's talking about, you know, she goes far and she brings, all, and it talks about she brings back all these wonderful things. Do your kids go out into the world and bring good reports, bring back one, see wonderful things, or do they go out into the world and see all the negative stuff? Because there's plenty of negative stuff, and there would have been pretty, plenty of lousy stuff on those merchant ships, but she saw the good things, and she brought the good things home, is what this is saying. So are we raising Joshua and Caleb? Are we raising those who will bring a good report? Remember, 12 spies went into the promised land. Ten of them said, oh, no, there's this wrong with it and that wrong with it and this wrong with it and that wrong with it. Oh, no, we could, couldn't. And two of them came back and said, no, but there's this and there's this and have you seen that? It's awesome. And God gave it to it. So are we teaching our kids to see the good things, the godly things, the godly promises in the world, are we teaching them to see all the negative stuff? What are we, what are we teaching our kids to, to, what window are we teaching them to look through? So the next um, one is Vav. Now this one is a picture of a hook or a nail, right? And basically, the whole household hangs on the mother. She controls the atmosphere of the home. I love that. You've heard of the, um, oh, probably most of you have heard of the letter that Thomas Edison brought home from school, but allow me to read it again because it's so, so worth reading. It says, one day Thomas Edison came home and handed a paper to his mother from his school. And he told her, my teacher gave me this paper um, and told me to give it to you and only you. All right? His mother's eyes were tearful as she read the letter out loud to her son. And she read, your son is a genius. This school is too small for him and he doesn't have good teachers training him. Please teach him yourself. After years, Edison's mother died and he was renowned as one of the greatest inventors of the century. One day, he was going through his old old family things and suddenly he noticed a folded up paper in the corner of a drawer. He took it and opened it up. On the paper was written, your son is addled, we won't let him come to school anymore. Please teach him yourself. Thomas Edison cried for hours and then he wrote this in his diary. Oh sorry, for those who don't know what addled means, it means unable to think clearly. This kid can't think straight is basically what she was saying. So Thomas Edison cried for hours and then he wrote in his, in his diary, Thomas Alva Edison was an adult child that by a hero mother became the genius of the century. The power of a mother speaking life into her child and believing in him 
and teaching him how to view the world. Wow. The next one is Zion. And this is a picture of a sword. And you can see that sort of like a touche. Yep. And the the author says, Goodbye to the submissive sit in a corner and be quiet domestic wallflower. This woman is something to be reckoned with. Right? The verse says she considers a field and sets her mind on the field. When a woman sets her mind on something, is it going to get done? She considers a field. Oh, I might, might, I like that field. No, she set her mind on the field and she did something about it. This is a sharp, intelligent girl of action. Don't mess with her, right? The next one is het. It's it's actually a guttural sound, but I'm not going to try and do it. But anyway, yeah. Uh, It's a picture of an enclosure or a fence or a hedge, right? Um, Again, speaking of strength as well as protection and boundaries. It's not so much speaking of walls that keep people out, but boundaries that basically says what can come and can't. Like this this is the boundary of my property and I will decide what is allowed in and what is not. And that's why, and doesn't that speak of motherhood? I'm setting boundaries around my family, healthy boundaries, because boundaries are important. You can't just let anything in and out of your family and in and out of your kids' lives. The mum goes, you know, no, uh, sorry, I know you want to, but you're not going there. And, uh, and you know what? Um, we're not doing that or we're not watching that. We're not, you know, so mum sets the boundaries. I know dad does too, and this is, you know, obviously, and I'm not belittling fathers in any way, because you, you have to work together. Absolutely, that's, that's God's plan. But this is what this mother wrote to her son in an acrostic, in a Hebrew acrostic. These are the qualities you're looking for in a virtuous woman, right? And so it's a woman that decided this, not a man. A man didn't say, well, this is what we want. It was a woman saying, son, this is what you're looking for. So you've got to bear that in mind. Um, Yeah, so we've got this this enclosure, these boundaries, uh, the next one is uh, Tet. Now, there's, there, there's a bit of conjecture about what this one actually um, represents. It's not really clear. Some people say a snake, and the author goes, oh, well, that's not very good, because um, the Bible doesn't really have much good to say about snakes. But it does have one good thing to say about snakes, and that is in uh, Matthew 10, 11, which says, Be shrewd and as cunning as a snake, but as harmless as a dove. Now, that speaks of wisdom. Be shrewd but harmless. Don't cause any harm, but be wise. Yeah. And so watch out. Uh, The next one is Yad. And it's a picture of a closed hand, uh, or a fist, or a closed hand. You can see that, right? Um, But it's not closed as in to punch. It's closed in in a hand of working. Like you're holding something. You're working, right? That's what this one represents. And this woman understands the importance of hard work. Uh, the next one is cuff. And this is another picture of a hand, but rather the hollow of a hand. And this time, it, it speaks of giving, not only of finances, but of compassion and of encouragement, of care. It's a hollow, open, generous hand. And as we know, Philippians 2.4 says, not looking to your own interests, but each of you look to the interests of others 
And that's, that's what this mum who wrote this to her son, the king, is saying, you're looking for a woman who's going to be you know, industrious and all of this, but also generous and caring and giving. She's interested in the welfare of others, which is further borne out by the following verses. Um, the next one is, um, where are we up to? Uh, Lumed. And it's a picture of an ox goad. It actually looks a bit like an ox goad, right? What's an ox goad? Kind of like a cattle prong, right? Used to spur the oxen on. Ever needed to spur the oxen on, mums <laughs> and dads? Nope. Get going. Come on. Prod, prod. We're not getting stuck here. We're not getting stuck in these circumstances. We're moving through this season. Come on. Keep going. Keep going. This is not the time to stop. It's also they used to guide guide and direct, okay? And so this is, yeah, this is a picture of an ox goat. This woman has the ability to keep her family going through tough times. Keep going. Come on, we can do this. Get, get, you know, it's just like, go on, guys, get going, get going. Yeah, that's what we can do, right? The next one, oh, because Acts 26 speaks about ox goats. Um, it says, um, it's hard for, Acts 26 verse 14 says, it's hard for you to kick against the goats, so often, you know, the, the, the ox driver, anyway, would be, you know, saying, come on, get going, get going, and the, and the, the oxen, they don't like it, and they're kicking, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be corrected right now, <laughs> right? I don't want to go that way. Yeah, well, you're going that way, right? Sometimes parenthood is a bit like that, and the Bible speaks to that. So it's so hard for you when you're resisting correction and direction. It's hard for you. Don't kick against the goads right? Then the next one is a mem, and it's a picture of water, and that one's actually referring to the intimacy of marriage. Uh, the next one, so obviously I'm skipping over that one, you can read that chapter for yourself. Um, none is the picture of a fish. Is this one none? That one looks, I don't know. Yep, so you can't tell. See, there's a fish, looks a bit like the other one. Thank you. Now, interestingly, a fish refers to concentration. And I looked up this going, really, why? Why? I mean, and it's, the author says, you know, kind of, you know, there's that game, go fish, which some people call concentration, some people call it go fish. That could be coincidental or not. But if you look back, once again, to the historical context, it says, beside being spiritual support and guidance and connection with the Lord, the fish symbol, because we know the fish symbol represents Christians, and I'll get to that in a minute, but the fish symbol is also associated with wisdom, creativity, and fertility, right? And in Asian culture, the fish symbol represents abundance and affluence, all right? So this symbol is, is not only is this woman diligent in all she does, um, the verse actually refers to her husband is able to focus on what he's doing because he knows everything is well at home. She's on top of it. She's, you know, stuff's not going all over the place here. So, so you can actually concentrate on what's going on because everything is well at home. So a little aside on the fish symbol, right? The, why do we have fish symbols to represent Christianity? Because basically in the, it spelled it out. Um, and it, basic, it basically spelled out Jesus Christ, God's son, is saviour. That's what the fish symbol means. Jesus Christ, God's son, is saviour. So the first um, letter of each of those um, words actually spelt fish. And that's why back in the persecuted time of the early Christians, they'd kind of just draw a fish 
and that's how that all started. So that's the, that's the fish symbol. Um, okay, so the next one is Semek, number 15, Semek, is the picture of a fulcrum. Anyone remember learning about levers and fulcrums at school? Okay, levers, lever things, fulcrums, you know, the, the balance things, about balance, about balance. Okay, and that is just such a beautiful, um, you know, symbol of, of this virtuous woman that she's balanced. You know, things are not good when they're all out of whack. To bring balance to the, to the home, to the household. The number 16 is iron. And it's the, does this one look like an eye? No, if they, anyway, some of them look like something. It's the picture of an eye. It's, it's actually referring to vision again. Similarly to the previous one, this woman sees things differently. Okay? As we know, vision is subjective. That's why they have the ink block test. Here's a an ink block, and everyone would look at it, and they'd see something different. So vision is subjective, and it speaks back to that previous verse about, you know, what are you teaching your children? How do they see the world? And so that's what this verse is, is speaking of. And then we've got the next one, which is pay. And this is an open mouth, right? She opens her mouth with wisdom and kindness, is the verse. Not useless gossip. Kindly wisdom. Kindly wisdom comes from her mouth. So basically, when she opens her mouth, it's worth listening to. This is a virtuous woman. Not idle gossip and carry on. This woman's worth listening to. Letter 18 is Sedai. And it's a, this one, I can see, is a picture of a scythe or a reaping hook or a sickle. You know, you grab it with two hands, yeah? You can actually, this one, I, there's a couple that I could see, right? I love this one. This is one of my favourites, okay? Because the verse says she carefully watches over everything in her household. Carefully watches over. And I was imagining using a scythe or a sickle with two hands, and it's got a big blade. This is no little thing. Actually, oh, I'm going to have to be quick. Remember when we went to Bali years and years and years ago? And, um, yeah, long time ago. And we took a wrong turn. We decided to go for a bit of a drive, and we ended up way up in the highlands where all the cane fields or whatever they were. You know, anyway, and we ended up up this little dirt road, um, and we were lost. Anyway, and then all these men came. Now, I'm sure they were fine, but, you know, when I think I was 20 or something, and, you know, I could have just said, hey, can you show me how to get out? But I wasn't. I was afraid, as my sister was. And uh, anyway, and they came and all, they had these massive, massive big blades because they'd been working in the field. So, of course, we just see men with blades and, you know, anyway. But, you know, those, those things are something to be reckoned with, these, these massive big blades. And so when this verse says she watches over everything in her, she carefully watches over everything in her household, when you're using one of these things with two hands and a great big blade, you have to watch where you're putting it and you have to watch where it's going and you need to be watchful of everything else that's going on. And I think of all the verses, like, yeah, she's watchful. I can see what's, where we are in here. I can see where we're going, but I'm watchful of everything else that's going on around us as well. Carefully watches over everything in her household. The next one, letter 19, is Kuf. We're getting there. There's only 22 letters, so we've got to, we're getting there. 19, Kuf, is the picture of the back of a head. 
picture of a head, but specifically the back of your head. And the verse reads, her children arise and call her blessed. Another way of saying that is when her children grow up, they will call her blessed because who knows, you don't actually value your mother as much. You don't realise the value of your mother until you're a mother yourself or until you're a bit older and then you go, ah, now I realise. And so it speaks here about how they, um, they call her blessed. They, they, they're talking behind her back pretty much because the back of your head. When she's not listening, they're talk, they speak well of her. They speak well of her. And then the next one um, is Raish, okay, and it is actually a picture of the front of the, the forehead, the front of the head. And this one is they'll praise you to your face. They, they will talk well of you behind your back. They will praise you to your face. And the verse reads, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Like, you're amazing. Letter 21 is shin. This one you can see as well. This is a tooth or more specifically a molar, a chewing tooth, right? You can see that. The virtuous woman chews things over, chews things over in her mind. She is thinking and pondering and meditating. And the verse reads, charm can be deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord is greatly praised. And so basically it would imply that her thoughts are on the things of God. Her thoughts are on godly things, on kingdom things. She, she is, ah, you're getting a real picture of this woman. She's not, she, she's not a shallow anything. There's great depth in the character of this woman. And verse 22, the last one, Tav, is actually means signature. Or, or seal or, or stamp, right? How appropriate that God would conclude this narration of the values of a virtuous woman with a signature or a mark or a seal because the verse actually reads, reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. So we all leave our mark on the world. The mark this woman leaves on the world are the generations that follow her and the people that she has impacted along the way. So in conclusion, we've got this wonderful passage that tells us, and, and I will read it, I'll read the passage. Proverbs 31, starting at verse 10, says, Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is worth more than precious rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She will not hinder him but help him all her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She's like merchant ships um, and brings food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes out to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She's busy. She's energetic and strong, a hard worker. She watches for bargains. Her lights burn late at night. Her hands are busy spinning thread and her fingers twisting fibre. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household because all of them have warm clothes. She 
quilts her own bedspreads and she dresses in like royalty in gowns of finest cloth. Her husband is well known and he sits in the council meeting with the other convict leaders. Uh, civic convict, sorry. A bit of Australiana thrown in there. Sorry, <laughs> civic leaders. She makes uh, belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs with no fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise and kindness is the rule when she's giving instructions. She carefully watches all that goes on in her household and does not have to bear the consequences of laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. And then all of that is presented in pictures that speak of strength and value, importance, attitude, atmosphere, intelligence, wisdom, diligence, generosity, tenacity, balance, vision, kindness, watchfulness, and blessed, praised, and godly. All of that presented as an acrostic so it's easy to remember, and God has put all of that in his word. That is the importance that he places on womanhood and motherhood. That is amazing. So Father God, I thank you so much for your word. And I pray, Lord God, that uh, we can see the value that you place on the role of raising the next generations. And I pray that you continue to enable us to do that well. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I might get the worship team to come up, but I've asked Mum and Faye if they would come up. Sorry, I've asked Joan <laughs> and Faye if they would come and pray over all the mums. Because when we're talking about, oh, you're going to cry now, we're talking about women who've done this well and we've got a couple of wonderful, and I know you all have, right. But, you know, there are generations here. One, two, three, four generations loving and serving God. Same with mum. You know, generations, your generations will rise up and call you blessed. So you've got something to impart to us. So if you'd both like to come... And, um, and just, I've just asked them just to pray over us this morning. Who would like to go first? There we go. I did write it out. So fathers, don't turn off. Um, because when I talk about mothers, it can go over to you as good. Father God, what an awesome role you give me, give us to be mothers. This role we have for the rest of our lives. Thank you for trusting us to take care of your children. Thank you for being a prayer away when we need guidance. Thank you 
for being a shoulder to cry on when life seems too hard. I encourage you in your role as mothers. It is the best job God can give you. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with thankful hearts and for giving us the beautiful gift of motherhood. Those of us who are mothers, Lord, are just so thankful and so grateful for the blessing of children, grandchildren, and some of us great-grandchildren. And I thank you, Lord, because with your guidance, we have been able to impart some wisdom and some understanding to our children. Lord, I pray for every mother, particularly the mothers here of our wonderful church family, uh, that you will grant each one wisdom, tolerance, understanding. The way gets pretty tough sometimes. Life isn't perfect for anybody. But no, Lord, you are always with us. And we are so thankful for your love, for your guidance, and for every good thing that you impart into our lives and that we were able to pass on to our families every day. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, ladies. What beautiful champion prayer warriors we have. Let's stand and just dance.